1: Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you
2: can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit LiveXLive.com or search LiveX Live in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now.
1: It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any. Ross Tucker football podcast it is a teaching tutorial Thursday presented by DraftKings the greatest sports book app and or fantasy app on the planet I'm Ross Tucker former NFL offensive lineman five teams seven years awesome temp job in my 20s that allowed me to do this have a bunch of media gigs excited about FCS football This weekend, by the way, and a ton of podcasts. Hopefully you've already listened or checked out the college draft was awesome this week. Fran Duffy and Emery Hunt talking quarterbacks, especially some of the under the radar guys. Even Money Podcast, phenomenal as we broke down exactly what takeaways we've got from a betting perspective. Really not even just betting. From the 2020 season, Fantasy Feast was a best ball primer. Those of you that know me know that is my preferred fantasy football format. Best ball, love it, especially at DraftKings. And of course, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Enjoyed both Scott Pioli and Shield Capadia today. It's a Thursday, though. That means it's a teaching tutorial Thursday. We will have Greg Cosell. Class will be in session on not only Big Ben Roethlisberger, because he's in the news, but I want to get Greg's breakdown of the top six quarterback prospects and whether or not your team, yeah, you, your team, should draft them. But first, since it's the last episode of the week, we've got winners. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Reminder, by the way, you rate and review the show, screenshot it, send it to me, ross at I'm picking a winner on Monday. Just take a random rate and review Ross's show Monday winner, just because I feel like it. Spread the word winner is Stevie Bartholomew. Stevie liked uh, the Shield Capedia podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash rostucker NFL. It is that easy. Thank you, Stevie, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod, Twitter, Instagram, the whole deal. Sponsor confirmation email winner, Brian Zichterman. Yep, another one of the 100flowers.com. Use the code football crew. There's a bunch of them for Valentine's Day. Makes sense. Again, Brian Zichterman, 100flowers.com. And then the YouTube shout-out, r.williamcom. This guy is a prolific YouTube commenter. I mean, I think he comments on every video we post. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. So R. William, email me. All of you guys need to email me. Ross at RossTucker.com. Stevie and Brian, let me know what you'd like. Press pass picture card wise. And R. William, come. Let me know what you want for your cameo style shout out. Dude, I'll give a shout out to whoever you want me. To give a shout out to it's big show time. The big show, all right. So, you guys know he's a living legend. His name <laughs> is Greg Cosell, 42 years <laughs> at NFL films. It's ridiculous. Uh, he's wrapped up the NFL matchup show. Although, Greg, you guys always do a- an NFL matchup draft preview, correct?
2: Two of them, we do two of them that uh, air. Uh, usually a week and a couple of days before the draft. So, uh, yeah, we're we'll Matt Bowen and I are working on that now. That actually takes more work because we don't just pick, hey, here's the top 20 players, let's evaluate them. We try to put everything in the context of the NFL. So, for instance, we've not really done linebackers before, but because of the value this season in the playoffs of Levante David and Devin White, we're going to take a look at linebackers this year in the draft show Because it's clear that the value of linebackers is very important in defenses. So we try to think of it in terms of the NFL, not just evaluate the top 10 or 15 or 20 players. Very
0: much looking forward to talking to you every week about the different positions here. And yes, the linebackers, I'll have a funny story for you about Penn State's Micah Parsons when we get there. I saw the third game he ever played in his life of varsity football. I texted Penn State. He had a scholarship within a week after three games of high school football. It was was that obvious. So uh, we'll get into that. Today's quarterbacks, though, obviously a big day, uh, one of your areas of expertise. Before we get to the college guys, though, Greg, very interesting comments, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, by Kevin Colbert, the Steelers GM, as it relates to Ben Roethlisberger. I don't ask you to get into that stuff. I ask you to simply tell me What the video showed from Ben Roethlisberger
2: this season, what he has left in your opinion? I would answer it this way. Teams and coaches tell you what they feel about their quarterback by how they play offense. And think of the Steelers' offense this year. Everything was quick. Everything was short. Every once in a while they took a vertical shot. But they did not have any meaningful intermediate or intermediate to vertical passing game. So and they have re- they had receivers who have that ability. Claypool is a vertical threat. Washington's a vertical threat. Johnson can get over the top. Even Schuster can work the intermediate level. A uh, Smith Schuster can work the intermediate levels in the middle of the field very effectively. So they were telling you that Roethlisberger can't really do that and they didn't feel comfortable trying to play that way. Now That could be their belief that his arm wasn't quite good enough. It could be their belief that the ball needed to get out of his hands quick because they didn't feel he had the movement traits or the ability to stand in there as he used to. He was wonderful at that. So I think they told you about Big Ben and the limitations he presents. And my guess is, without getting into Kevin Colbert's head, that that's why he answered in the manner in which he did.
0: So the only thing that I think is a little interesting about that, Greg, I'm remembering the Steelers game against the Eagles
2: where Ben threw a bomb to the Claypool. clay pool. There were a couple times no, – Well, they took a few shots. I'm not saying they never, ever did it, Ross. But those are not really – some of those deeper throws. Fade balls are not arm strength throws. I, I understand
0: that. But what I would say is that isn't that more to the point – let's talk philosophically here, right? If yeah. a fade ball is not an arm strength throw, let's say we're worried about Ben's arm strength, they still could have thrown more fade ball. I mean, they still could have gone deep more. You're talking more
2: deep posts, deep digs? I'm talking about, yes, throws that are that ha- require arm strength. Like a deep dig is more of an arm strength throw than a fade ball. Fade ball is a spot throw. It's a timing throw. Uh, uh, deeper digs, you know, deep posts, Uh, those are throws that require a little more arm strength. Uh, So they didn't do that very much. Yeah, they took a few shots on the outside here and there, but given the the makeup of their receiving core, Ross, it it was interesting that they didn't run that kind of offense, and that comes back to the quarterback. So to me, they, they told you by how they played what their feeling was about Ben's strengths and limitations.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think it's interesting because you make a good point. I don't know how much of that is Ben's arm, how much of that was the offensive line concerns. You Could know, that they had a little bit this year, That's and I also point. don't know how much better Ben's arm might be if he's actually able to work out all offseason, as yep. opposed to last year when I think he was like 300 pounds and just had this
2: huge apparatus. Like he didn't, he didn't do anything. You know, right. until
0: training camp.
2: So, I mean, those no. are all legitimate questions. Uh all I can do is speak to what the film showed from last year and my sense of why they played that way. You could be right. They're gonna have to make that determination, and it sounds like they're they're not really ready to make a firm one at this point.
0: All right, Greg, let's get to the college quarterbacks, one of my favorite episodes every year. Let's start with Trevor Lawrence from Clemson and what you've
2: seen. Well, Look, he's a high-level traits prospect. There's no question. He's got size. He's got athleticism. He's got arm strength. He can throw with touch, pace. He can layer his throws. He can throw with precise ball placement. He shows good elimination and isolation ability. And that's an area I believe he improved from 2019 to 2020. He can move in the pocket. I still think he needs improvement in that area. He's got second reaction ability. He's a very good athlete. You can have the quarterback run game with him. He's a high-level traits player. Um, I thought he looked more comfortable this year in 2020 than he did in 2019 because I watched probably eight games each year. Um, It was a highly schemed Clemson offense. My only concern uh, is I think he tends to rush himself when there's pressure, and he's not really a snap thrower. He's kind of more of a full-body thrower, so he, he, he gets his whole body into his throws. And I think when there's people around him, he does have a tendency to rush his mechanics and to play a little fast. And, of course, at Clemson, he wasn't necessarily under pressure a lot, so which is why you have to watch a lot of games. And I watch every play. You know, I, you know what I do, Ross. I don't watch highlights. I watch every play of the coaching tape. So that would be one area that I, I think needs work. It's just the nature of his, his delivery and his motion, which is not going to change. I know you don't really give guys grades,
0: Greg. Um, and so I, I'm just curious, how does he compare to some of these guys that have, that have gone number one overall the last few years,
2: in your mind? Well, you know, the, the thing about evaluating quarterbacks is you do start with the, the physical traits. But there's more to the position than that. I mean, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is a much bigger man with a bigger arm than Joe Burrow, for instance. Um, But there's more than just those traits. Now, I think Lawrence will develop into a quality NFL quarterback, um, but there's different ways to to evaluate that. You know, Burrow, I thought, looking at last year, had every single trait you would want at a pretty high level – other than the fact that he did not have a big arm he was not a power thrower I think Burroughs feel for instance was better than Lawrence's feel um, and that's very important that that's a uh, you know a tough thing to quantify you uh, you have to see the tape and you have to watch a lot of tape to see that but there's no question Lawrence is a high level traits prospect and My guess is he'll be a day one starter. I guess the assumption is Jacksonville will take him. We don't know that. But my guess is he'll be a day one starter and he'll develop into a good player. Is there a clear number two to you,
0: Greg, when you you evaluate these guys? A clear second best guy in this year's class?
2: Yeah, I would put Zach Wilson in that category. I think he has the look of an efficient ball distributor. He's got a good feel for the timing of the pass game. He's got a playmaking dimension with his mobility, which is becoming more and more essential in the NFL. Um, you know, his game in college was built on pocket efficiency and off schedule movement. Um, I think those things play well. Uh, I, I liked what I saw. I think that when you, you look at Wilson, you see much to work with as far as his traits, his feel, his awareness. Um, I think as you transition him to the NFL, you you look at a, a Shanahan, you look at a McVeigh, you look at those structured, well-schemed offenses, and you add a, a a playmaking movement dimension. And I think Zach Wilson kind of fits that role. You know, he can run the structure well, and I think he has the movement ability that you look for. I've heard people say, Aaron Rodgers, I've heard people
0: say There's some Mahomes in his game. Did you see either one of those two things?
2: I don't think his arm strength is quite at that level. I mean, Mahomes and Rodgers, you're speaking of really high-level physical talent, arm strength. I mean, Mahomes has a gun. Rodgers has has a great arm. Um, I would say Wilson has a good arm but not a gun. I don't think he's a drive thrower And evaluators will draw different conclusions. Obviously, some you've spoken to seem to put him at that level. I did not quite see his arm at that level. Um, Now, some of that was a function of his lower body mechanics, which at times were casual and careless, and that needs to be cleaned up, but that can be cleaned up. You can clean up a quarterback below the waist, you're not going to change the way he delivers a football. But I thought he had a very good feel for the past game. I thought he saw the field well, and that's always a board. That's a tough thing to teach. You really can't see guys to see the field if they don't see the field well.
0: What about the other guy that gets talked about a lot as perhaps being the second-best quarterback? There's a lot of talk about Zach Wilson and Justin Fields from Ohio State.
2: Yeah, Justin Fields was an interesting watch. He's, he's another higher-level traits prospect, both as a thrower – and as an athlete, but I think there are concerns with him, and I actually talked with a quarterback coach, and we kind of shared the same point of view uh, so it was interesting but he he has some issues with recognition, with vision, with elimination and isolation from the pocket um, you know I think there's much work to be done with him when it comes to throwing with with the needed timing, recognizing early in the down or pre snap where the ball needs to go based on the coverage. There's no question he can drive the ball with velocity. He can make those pace throws. Um, but I got the sense watching the tape that he needed things to be clean and defined to be consistently successful. Um, I think he'll struggle with pressure early in his career. Um, I, I remember watching the Indiana game and they blitzed a lot and it caused issues for him. Uh, so I think he's just a beat slow with what he sees. And that get, it gets into that conversation again about can that be improved at the NFL level? Can he develop those sort of nuances, those disciplined craft subtleties that are demanded in the NFL? But we know, Ross, that guys who can move around, they play early and they make plays off schedule. And he can do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, most of what you said about him are the same things I've heard a lot of other people say about him. Um, I do want to get to these other guys. So let's get to Trey Lance from North Dakota State. As a former FCS player at 1AA back then, I'm, I'm fascinated yeah. by uh, everything about – I'm fascinated that a guy can be a redshirt freshman at North Dakota State and then essentially go pro from there. That is amazing. Like
2: What a world. Well, I watched seven games last summer, you know, because I, I was home last summer, and obviously he didn't play this year. He's another high-level traits quarterback. He's got a strong live arm, excellent athleticism. There's a twitch and explosiveness to the way he plays, both throwing and moving. Obviously, he gives an NFL team that, that design run game, which, hey, he's not quite Lamar Jackson, but we see the value of having that ability and how it's very difficult for defenses. He obviously can make second reaction plays, both throwing and running. He's got a live arm. He's got the athletic profile that fits the evolving mold of today's NFL quarterbacks. Um, I think the playmaking dimension to his game will get NFL teams excited. He's got, a, he's got a live arm and easy delivery, and he can drive the football. So he's got a lot of traits. The issue, and there's a lot of teams, a lot of scouts who believe this, is level of competition and taking the year off uh you know not his doing obviously so those do factor in but he's he's got a lot of traits don't want to put
0: words in your mouth greg sounds like you're more excited more intrigued whatever the
2: word would be in trey lance than you are justin fields is that fair i would say that's probably fair um to 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 use the term that the quarterback coach i spoke to gave to me which i agreed with as soon as he said it field scares me a little bit which doesn't mean he won't be a good player there as you know ross there's so many variables that go into whether a quarterback with good traits makes it in the nfl there's team there's scheme there's coaching so i'm not saying justin fields won't make it i just think that there's things that need to be worked through and you never know if they get worked through Let's get to a couple of SEC guys.
0: These guys are actually over 21 years old. What a rarity now oh, for as so we break nice. these guys down. Uh, Mac Jones from Alabama. I think it's so interesting, Greg, because all the talk about Mac Jones is, well, look at the people he had around him. But nobody said that for Tua when Tua had four first round receivers and all these guys. I, I just think it's funny that yeah. that seems like, like, that shouldn't be the knock like come up with like
2: come up with a better knock than he's got really good players around him that's all you know bs narrative one thing i learned really early in evaluating quarterbacks from people a lot smarter than i am like the bill walshs of the world is you have to evaluate the quarterback you have to isolate the quarterback the numbers are the numbers that that there's many reasons why numbers get put up you have to evaluate the quarterback in a vacuum. You have to isolate his traits. That's the way you evaluate a quarterback. Um, Jones was obviously a highly efficient executor and ball distributor in in a really good Alabama offense with a lot of good players. Um, The main question with Jones, and, and this is what you have to decide, is how important to you is movement and second reaction ability? We constantly hear in today's NFL that that has become a, an essential trait. Now, I know the quarterback that just won the Super Bowl and is the greatest of all time, and he obviously did not have that trait. And I'm not comparing Mac Jones to Tom Brady. I'm just, this is a philosophical point, Ross. The feeling now is that quarterbacks must have some kind of movement ability. Mac Jones is a bad athlete. He's got almost no ability to play outside structure whatsoever. So how does that factor into your evaluation of a quarterback that has a lot of other good traits? He has a very good sense of anticipation. He's got good timing. He showed some pocket movement. Uh, I wouldn't say he's great at that, but he showed enough functional movement where it's not in negative. He had a really good feel for throwing in zone coverage. He knew where to go with the ball quickly. He's got a lot of good traits. But the but the bottom line is he has no movement traits. He has no second reaction traits. And he sh- he's 6'2", and, a, and as I said, not a very good athlete. So where d- does that factor in? You know, I think you need to understand what he is and what he isn't when you draft him. Uh, so I think he's one of the most intriguing quarterbacks in this draft because of those, of the positive traits and the lack of traits. Last but not least, Kyle
0: Trask from Florida is another guy that a lot of people talk about, Greg.
2: Yeah. He's got outstanding size. He's got a physical presence to him. He kind of looks the part. Um, But again, you're, you're talking about a guy that was a ball distributor in a really well-schemed Dan Mullen college offense. Um he's got excellent ball location, always important, always important. But another guy, he, he who's no meaningful secondary action off-schedule ability, he's got to play within the structure. Um when he gets pressured and there were games Missouri LSU where there was pressure and he was he, there was not much for him to do. Um so, you'll, and his arm is good, not great. You know, he's not a Carson Palmer thrower. So, when you look at Trask, you see arm strength limitations. You see lack of secondary action ability. You see some poise and composure breakdowns in money pockets. I think those are concerns as you transition him to the NFL. So, again, I, you know, my guess is if you spoke to a lot of coaches, they'd probably tell you he's a backup. That would be my sense. Got it. Greg, you're not a backup. You're a starter
0: every Thursday on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Absolutely phenomenal. Follow Greg on Twitter, at Greg Cosell, so you can see everything he's doing, including breaking down position by position here on Thursdays on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. A really nice compliment to what we do on the College Draft Podcast side as well. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. And thank you, DraftKings. You kidding me? One dollar on any team to hit a three-pointer this week in college basketball and you win a hundred dollars. Hopefully most of you have already taken advantage of this. If you haven't, use the code Ross on the DraftKings Sportsbook app because that's amazing. Normal terms and conditions apply, but think about that. One dollar on any team you want to make one three-pointer, you get a hundred dollars back. They're trying to give you money over here at DraftKings, people.
1: Tucks, takes, tucks, takes. Sorry about that. I thought you were going to continue with that. I didn't realize that was all you were going to say.
0: Yeah, that's all I had to say.
1: Okay. All right. Let's start today with uh, Big Ben uh, in your conversation with Greg about what the video showed for him uh, and the Steelers' noncommittal quotes as it relates to bringing him back in 2021.
0: I think they are going to bring him back. I think Kevin Colbert did that deliberately to prepare the Steelers fan base in case they don't, maybe even take the temperature of the Steelers fan base. But really, I think he was sort of sending, this is my personal opinion, I think he was sort of sending a message to Roethlisberger and his reps like, hey, we got to really figure out the financial part of this. Really figure it out. I don't believe that the Steelers want to move on from Ben and take a close to $23 million cap hit. I don't believe that. I don't think they want to do that this year. But it is a possibility. Right now he counts $41 million against the cap because it's his last year. They could easily do a restructure, a three-year deal, you know, make minimums the next couple of years. If you think this is his last year, make the minimum this year, give him, you know, half of what he's going to make via signing bonus, spread it out over three years, and you're in a much, much better position. I personally think the Steelers are good enough to make one more run at it with this group this year. I thought they were the best team in football through the first 11 weeks last year. And I don't know what happened to them down the stretch, but I think they're good enough to give it one more chance with these guys. Plus, that would give them time to sort of get the next quarterback ready. Now, the counter argument is they're not good enough to actually win it, even with Ben playing at a high level. Let's say he did. And they need to find out what they have in Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins this year. And they need to take their cap pain this year. So they can be a contender again in 2022 and beyond. I think you can make reasonable arguments on either side.
1: Some other news includes the Jags going with their with teal as their primary home color next season and police officers in the Tampa area suggesting that Vincent Jackson's death was related to alcoholism. Not not quite
0: sure I know what to say about that. The alcoholism thing. I guess I would need more information on exactly what the autopsy showed, other than um, you know that that is tough. That is a disease, and I know people that have had it, and uh, I know people that have fought it, and it's a it's a fight every single day. As for teal, I like that for the jags. they are teal, like that that's what they were with Baselli and Brunel and Fred Taylor. Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardell. It's kind of unbelievable, by the way, that those guys didn't make the Super Bowl. They had a loaded team. It really just goes to show you how hard it is to make the Super Bowl like 10 times, like, let alone win it seven. It's just ridiculous. I mean, the Jags had some loaded teams back in the, their O line, Ben Coleman, Leon Searcy. I mean, they were absolutely loaded. But I like the teal, I think it's a good idea. Reminder, by the way, I mentioned it earlier, just rate and review the show, any shows on any of the podcast apps, especially Apple Podcasts. But rate and review, send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com, and I'll let you win whatever you want on Monday. You can win a signed picture, a signed card, or I'll do a YouTube shout-out, a video shout-out just for you. Let's get to an email, Bri. Ever wanted
2: to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask
0: Ross. So the email address is always ross at rosstucker.com. That's how you can get at me, as the kids say. I love your email questions. We don't get to enough, which is why we'll probably do another one of those YouTube-exclusive shows, Football Feedback, maybe next week or the week after, uh, where several of you guys can come on the show and ask me a question. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, at any rate, we do try to get to your email questions when we can. What do you got here, Brian?
1: Hey, Ross, I heard you mentioned about broadcasting boot camp that you went to back in the early days after you finished playing. Tell us more about how you got started on this path and what you might be doing if you did not go in this direction. That is from Mike. You know, Mike,
0: it's a, uh, it's a, good, it's a good question. I've talked before about the broadcasting stuff a decent amount. I don't know what I'm missing there. I guess what I would tell you more is the other side, which is what else I would have done. And, uh, you know, my it's funny because I grew up wanting to be a broadcaster. But then, you know, you go to Princeton. I thought I would go to, like, Syracuse or a school like that for broadcasting. But then I became a better player than I thought I would be. And I got the opportunity to go to Princeton, Harvard, and whatever for football. I thought, well, I gotta go there if I have that chance. Then you get there and people don't really talk about broadcasting that much. So I accepted a job with Lehman Brothers, sales and trading on Wall Street. Figured no matter what I would want to do after that, that would be a good place to start. And uh, it's impressive on your resume and it's a lot of money for a starting salary out of college. So. All of those things were factors. I had student loans, the whole deal. Ironically, after I got signed by Washington, I deferred it for a year. And then the next year, Bri, I was like starting for Washington in the preseason. And I called to defer it again. And they were, and the, the HR person was like, Ross, like I saw you on TV the other night starting for the Redskins. That's their name back then. Like, you don't need to keep deferring this every year. Like, play football as long as you can. If you still want to work here, when you're done, come on over. What's funny about that is I, you know, I'm confident person. I would have worked hard. I think I would have done well at Lehman brothers for seven years. Then in 2008, they went bankrupt. And so I would have worked my butt off for seven years, probably had a bunch of stock and stuff, and then it would have gone blown up on me. So that was serendipitous, I guess. And then. During my time as a player, I always did internships with like Merrill Lynch or Roger Stahlback's commercial real estate company. During my f- off season after my fourth year, I actually got my Series Seven and Series Sixty Six licenses, and my idea was to be to start to be a financial advisor while I was a player. You know, while these while I was in the locker room with these guys and battling with them and for them and they were trusting me. That'd be a great and and, and I could just see how many of these guys really needed financial advice from somebody they trusted and they didn't know who to trust. And I think, you know, when you're in the locker room with a guy every day and you're and you know you trust that guy to get your back physically and you know he's smart. Well you can trust him financially. And that was going to be the plan. And then unfortunately I had a back surgery in Buffalo and I got cut And so then I was like bouncing around from team to team. So I never really got a chance to enact that plan of being a financial advisor. So that's probably what I would have done, Mike. I probably would have been a financial advisor, uh, maybe done the Princeton games on the radio or something. Or maybe I I probably could have done that and just dabbled in the media side. Um, But I never really got the chance to get it off the ground like I wanted to good question Mike really good question please keep them coming all you have to do is rate and review the show or take advantage of any sponsors Ross at Ross Tucker.com email me all the sponsors are on the sponsor tab at Ross Tucker.com there's a bunch of awesome ones and then you can ask me any question you like I like that I don't think I've ever told you guys that before shout outs to Pizza Boy Brewing Sportaculture SteakhouseSports.com Vision Comics with an X And dinerdepot.com. Reminder, we don't have any new episodes tomorrow on a Friday. However, you can still get your Ross Tucker podcast fix. Listen to Fantasy Feast. I thought that was awesome talking about best ball drafts. Listen to Even Money podcast for what lessons. Because not all the lessons are totally related to gambling. They're just related to what we learned from the NFL this season. College draft podcast. Andrew's Business of Sports podcast. Plenty for you to listen tomorrow while you're working out or your commute, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. We will be back on Monday. Got a cool guest lined up already. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and
2: College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.